Hey, Connor, what book did you just finish? Calamity! Let's talk about it! This is The Christian Artist. Honoring Christ through creativity. My name is Caleb. My name is Connor. And this is the 57th episode of The Christian Artist. Boom! 57! There you go, 57. All right, so Connor, um, unless you have actually read the book Calamity, you probably don't know what we're talking about in the intro there. So what is the book Calamity? What series is it a part of? And why are we talking about it? It is a part of the, is the last book of the trilogy of the Reckoner series. Um, which is a book that Carly Pinch, our only known fan, is reading right now. Well, the so. first she's reading the first book, Steelheart. Yes, so, exactly. So, sorry, Carly, you can't listen to this episode. <laughs> you can listen to the beginning. Yes, of Yes, we'll episode. talk about it in non-spoilery yes. terms. But then, when but. you're finished, come back. <laughs> yes, and finish with the series. Come back and listen to the rest of this episode. Yeah. Um. So it is a is a series written by Brandon Sanderson. Who, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that we basically idolize, so... Yeah. Which is, may or may not be a sin. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, he is a fantasy writer, and he decided to kind of kind of stray away from fantasy. Well, he, he, does, really. he writes pri- he primarily writes fantasy, but he also writes other things. He's written some uh, science fiction, like, uh, novellas and short stories and stuff like that. Um and obviously he's done like alternate universe kind of things as well but they're usually in some vein of fantasy mm-hmm. there's some usually some vein of fantasy in whatever he writs yeah even in even in reckoner series yes there's, there's well, something I mean, the in superpowers there. <laughs> yeah. in themselves could be called oh magic. yeah well, but it's still science fiction technically mm-hmm. uh, well star wars science fiction yeah it's it's space fantasy it's, it's, it's more science fiction than space fantasy. opera yeah not no no. Whatever. No. What, what I'm saying is, there's no actual scientific basis for no, <laughs> any of the things in this book. <laughs> like, the powers are all just, oh, this would be cool for a power, and then he doesn't have to explain, mm-hmm. like, how it, like, why scientifically this could actually work. It's yeah. just, this is works, and this is how, it, why, why it works, so. Yeah. And it all makes sense, so it's fine. It does. But, um, so the, it's a first person series, so it's all from the person of the it's all first from, guy. It's all from the point of view of a guy named David Charleston, who is a gun enthusiast, um, lover of metaphor, and, uh. <laughs> lover of metaphor and quotations. Yeah. And, uh, a nerd of superpowered people, mm-hmm. so called epics in the reckoner series yep and i mean the basis of it is a team of people who don't have superpowers trying to kill Assassinate people who have epics. superpowers yes and uh, all the superpowered peoples are evil all the superpowered peoples are evil yeah they and they uh well i guess i shouldn't say any more than that yeah so they're yeah. all evil yeah, that's that, all you need to know basically like the opening of the series you you realize that all right superpowers have come to earth and there's this giant star in the sky called calamity that everyone assumes like is what brought it because it's like this giant bright ball in the sky and that's the only thing that changed so that's mm-hmm. you know there's no 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 one knows how or why people just suddenly manifested superpowers but everyone who did is evil and they all basically just like kill everything 
and set up tyr- tyrannical governments and so on and so forth. And so America basically goes under and like the American government tries to fight back, but eventually they have like the capitulation act where they basically say, all right, epics are, uh, natural disasters. They are forces of nature. We cannot control what they do. We cannot bring them to the law. So they get to do whatever they want. We can't stop it. Mm-hmm. And that's when the American government went under. And then we t- pick up the story. Um, well, we, we, the prologue begins with uh, like right near the time that the um, that calamity came and all the p- people got superpowers and stuff like that. And it's David Charleston telling like the story of, you know, the, the, the first time the, the the time that he's life changed forever um, in terms of epics and so on and so forth. And then we open up like 10 years later when, uh, you know, David's living in a city ruled by an epic and meets the people who uh, kill epics, uh, like assassinate them for justice and joins up with them. So. So, yeah, so that's that's the premise. Um Go read it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, we, what we should talk about now is like why we think it's great. What what parts of it we liked in general terms. Okay. That you know would convince someone to read the series. Characters were all very good. Yes. Um, he does a very good job of portraying the main character voice wise. Yes, very because it's a first narrator. person narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Very good narrator. Um, it's beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Uh, just period, because he's just a fantastic writer. Um, and it's definitely a thriller. Yes. You definitely... All the books are very thriller style. So you definitely get these scenes where you're just like, all right, that was cool. That was awesome. And you you so many scenes in this, you're like, oh, that, I could see that in a movie mm-hmm. so yeah. easily. The, yeah, they need to make movies for it because it's like, the entire thing is just like a movie script. An action it really thriller, is. Yeah. yeah, it's an action movie script. So, yeah. Um, we, we mentioned earlier that David loves metaphors and one of the selling points I think of this book mm-hmm. with David's voice is the fact that he just has, is terrible with metaphors. He, he mixes his metaphors all the time and his similes and his analogies and all that stuff. And so he, he's just very, very awkward uh, and a very awkward character to read, but in an endearing way. And that's what makes him great. Yeah. So, so that is our our uh our thing for it um, well i mean we should talk about like setting and plot we, we literally just said characters are cool yeah well that's those are the selling points for me I, those okay. are the things i enjoy fair the enough. most fair enough I'm, I'm trying to think of what maybe specifically was a selling point for me definitely david's voice as you said um he does an ensemble cast very well yes, um where everyone has which is like a specific group of people. I guess it's not really an ensemble cast because it's not a bunch of main characters. Um, but it, it definitely is a lot of people that you have to get to know very quickly and you like all of them, mm-hmm. which is difficult to pull off sometimes. So it's not just one guy and then there's all this a couple of little supporting characters here and there. It's there are this there's this team of characters who are very interwoven and they get to know each other really well. And some of them already know each other very well. And you get to see that play out, and it's very fun. Very team-oriented series. So, Really, a lot of these play like heists um, because it's... I mean, the the goal of each book is, you know, assassinate an epic. You know what I mean? So, 
Um, it's always, okay, we got to come up with a plan and then we put the plan in the motion. And then we, we put up all these, these stepping blocks. So then we can eventually find the Epic's weakness and then kill him. And that makes it very, very heist ish. And I've always enjoyed those kinds of, uh, movies and books. So it's a very fun plot structure, very quick, quickly paced. So you can read these books like in one sitting, really, if you had enough time, um, Connor obviously couldn't because he reads books so slowly, but um, I usually read, read these books pretty fast. So, all right, what were we going to talk about now? Uh, I was talk about the story in general, okay, spoiler wise, and rant about it. All right, all right. So this is the official um, enter the spoiler part of this enter episode. The enter the spoiler. So if you have not read the Reckoner series, or if you just don't care, then continue listening. <laughs> So yeah, um, I will say, and this technically isn't that spoilery, but I will say I don't really like the like firefight nearly as much as the other two. I, I will say that for sure. Really, I like one and three a lot better than firefight simply because Cody and Abraham were not in the. That's true. One. That's true. And I had grown like th- those were my two favorite characters up at up to that point. Right. I was like, Cody and Abraham are like the greatest. And then you take them away from that group of people that is interesting and good together. That just, that band, that just, it just took away so much from me. And then Megan wasn't there for the first half of the book. Right. And so I felt like the the first half of the book for me felt like I was, it was forcing me to introduce new characters. Yes. With XL and the other lady, Val. Val and I didn't like them nearly as much. Yeah, and, and Mizzy. I, I love Mizzy. Though. Mizzy, was, Mizzy great, yeah. was the was the selling point for the first half Mizzy of that book. Okay. Is I was like Mizzy is great, but the rest of it I was just like I don't I don't really care about any of this because I just want hmm. Megan to be there so that you know David and Megan can have a story. Or but, but, and then the thing was is that Prof, even though I love Prof, he was just being you know whatever to David the entire first half of the yeah. book. So I just didn't feel like there was enough of characters that he could interact with mm-hmm. that made me like the story. And that's why it took me so long to read Firefight. It's because I didn't want to read it as much. Because I was just like, eh, I just don't like any of the characters. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Babylar, I didn't like the city as much either. Really? You Simply didn't? for that reason, because I didn't care enough. I was just like, eh. It's just all this new information, and it feels like the first book didn't really matter. Hmm. And so, okay, I had a little bit of that. Yeah. I did have a little bit of oh, the first first book didn't, didn't matter because mm-hmm. we're moving to another another city. city. Well, okay, but the thing is, the reason I think he did that is because that would is what it's like for every Reckoner's mission. It's always oh, we killed this epic. Now we got to do it all again. Yeah, I think that was part of the point of it. Um, I actually liked Firefight a lot more than I think than you're saying you do. Um, no, I love the ending. Enti- yeah, I love like, the, the ending. The last Fantastic. half of it. Okay. I was like, all right, yes, I agree. this is the rest. This is par with the rest. Of I agree. It, but I, I agree. didn't like the first half. Okay, fair enough. I didn't mind the first half. It, it took me long longer to get into it, but that's because I'd taken so long in between Steelheart and Firefight. Yeah. Um, if I had read them all three in sequence all the way through from beginning to end, it probably would have been a lot better. Um, yeah, same here. I probably would have got through it faster. Yeah. But still. Well, obviously, would have gone through it faster because. Yeah. Oh, well, duh. You wouldn't have to like, wait for like the books to come out. Wise, yes. I would have had more determination because I mm-hmm. just read it. Yes. That's why I don't like reading a book and then having to wait. Yes. Which is why Dan Wells' series is so is bugging me so much because mm-hmm. they're so good and I need to read them like right away, but I don't want to because then I have to wait for the next book. Yeah. you got to read the next I one. I know. Though. It's so good. 
we, that's we, another. We, yeah, we also need to do a one, podcast yeah. on that. That would be good. That's another one, though. But okay, so. Um. So yeah, I'll say that I, I loved Steelheart and just the whole like idea of checkmating on Epic. Mm-hmm. And then the whole ending thing with Steelheart's weakness. Yes. I love that. That was That was absolutely fantastic. It was a great ending. And the second one, I didn't feel as much of a satisfaction of beating Regalia. Because it was just like, oh, she's just this old decrepit lady sitting in a bed. And it's just like, oh, well, all right. Let's just... All right. Just I mean, it, right? that, I mean, that was that a was point. <laughs> that was kind of the point, though. Yeah. I mean, and and then it was the setup for the next book. Exactly. But yeah. at the same time, I didn't feel that sense of satisfaction that mm-hmm. I got from Steelheart yes, because I agree. that scene was just perfect. Yep. And the same with the third book. Yep. Same with I didn't the third like book. Prost's weakness yes. nearly as much as I thought I was going to because they told me his weakness, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this this since they told me his weakness so close, it's just going to be great to, you know, figure out. Like, it's just going to be this big thing where it's like, all right, we find his weakness and then all these things are going to go around. But at the end, um, you know, it's just going to be really hard to get him in the position to use his weakness against him. Really? And I knew from the moment they said this, this is his weakness. I was like, nah, it's not his weakness. Really? Because that's the way those things work. I, if you give I away thought... information like that early on, it's well, yeah. never going to be what they, the characters initially assume. But since it was coming from Tia... I wasn't. I wasn't thinking. No, exactly. I knew. Lines. I knew because it was coming from Tia. It was the truth, and to some extent. But I knew there had to be another twist as to how exactly the weakness worked. Because, especially because the moment when they actually used his powers against yeah. him and it didn't yeah. work, I was like, okay, well, obviously there's something else. Well, duh. No, at, no. At I meant. Point, I meant obviously there's something. What else. I meant was uh, when they brought the With the version. Yeah. What was her name? Tiva. Tiva. Okay. Yeah, when when they brought her through the alternate dimension, I was like, all right, if this is the way it works, these powers should nullify him. So it mm-hmm. must be more psychological. Like Obviously. that's that's what I I guessed. So But I I still liked that idea of his weakness being his or his power being his weakness. I thought that was so cool that I didn't want anything else. Oh, okay, so it like ended up being correct me if I'm wrong here. It ended up being that his weakness was um, complete and utter failure. Yeah. He put everything into something and he still, and he failed. Yes. His power became a part of his, of his weakness yeah. simply because he was so powerful that if he, that once he put everything into something, if you still failed, it's just such an utter failure. Yes. And I, I thought that was great. It was I thought like it great made respons- perfect great power sense. comes great yes. responsibility. Basically. I think it made perfect sense for Prof's character it all did, the way through the series. But I didn't like it because... I thought his power being his weakness was so much cooler. It, it was like this. It was like, if it would have been the other way around, I would have been like, oh, that's a really cool philosophical point. But then it's like, no, his his weakness isn't that. His weakness is his own power. I would have thought that was so much cooler hmm. than the other way around. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it could have worked like that, yeah. But it would have been not much of a, as much of a surprise because his power being his weakness seems so legit that it was like... Oh, well, obviously this has to be it, right? Mm-hmm. So what else could it possibly be? Yeah. And because it was so physical, it, it got your mind off of the philosophical things. Then you weren't thinking about that as much. So even it was even more of a surprise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so... Um, my... Yeah, so just the biggest thing was, was that lack of satisfaction of the endings where they killed the epic. It was yeah. like... No, I agree. 
oh, that's just not as great as. How did they? How did they end up been. killing uh, Larsoner slash Calamity? They didn't. They didn't. He made it. He they they convinced him that the world well, there was being that's evil because weakness. of him. But it wasn't. He just left. It wasn't. He didn't I nullify know. his powers. I know. It wasn't his weakness then. Okay, whatever. They just convinced him no, to okay. leave. But yeah. So yeah. So um. Wow, we just like tangentially, basically spoiled spoiled every possible important thing. (laughs) But yeah, so let's go back to the beginning and kind of take it one piece at a time. Where all right, so Steelheart itself. What parts of Steelheart, besides the ending, we just both said the ending was probably the the best part of Steelheart for me. Um, What did you love about Steelheart? That book, not the guy Steelheart, because he was evil. Well, just what I said, the the whole epic killing thing, mm-hmm. the whole... Yes, because it felt so much like a heist, yeah. yeah. And then obviously the characters, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I mean, I've already, we that's, we already explained this. Okay. So what with Firefight then? Firefight, I just loved the character interactions. Yes, I agree. I, I think I liked the most was David's own psychological struggle um, with... I mean, with his fears mm-hmm. and with trying to bring Megan to the good side mm-hmm. and with, you know, basically being offered powers and refusing them. That was so cool. I loved that so much. Like, okay, I loved the moment, absolutely loved the moment where he was un- uh, under in the underwater base and he had to shoot the mm-hmm. the the glass to <laughs> and face his fears like that. That was fantastic. Um, but yeah, just the fact that he literally just refused superpowers because he's like, nah, I don't want them. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. I'm like, yep, this is, this is what David would do. Because if anyone would refuse powers, it would be David because he's like, no, I've seen what these can do and I don't like this. And, and he also understands, especially at that point in the series, that as much as he loves studying epics, he would never want to actually be one if it meant that he had to. Um, had to be evil, you know. Mm-hmm. The fact that he would turn evil would be enough of a deterrent to not have immense superpowers. But it was nice at the end that he got superpowers anyway. Uh, what do you think about Calamity then? I mean, it was very much of a back and forth thing where it was like, all right, this is the goal. Now this is the goal. Now this is the goal. So there's a little bit of like not liking that but at the same time i enjoyed it and i was expecting it mm-hmm. but i always expected it to go in a different place than it was going mm-hmm. like i always expected the new problem to be something different than it mm-hmm. actually was so i felt a little bit of distaste from that i i, I always really, was assuming yeah. something different i really love the i mean megan's whole struggle to stay good keep her powers and david's struggle to realize that well i might actually have superpowers after all um, that was always that was interesting all the way through. I really loved the salt tower that scene. That was cool, yeah. That was a great action mm-hmm. set piece. I really, really loved that. Um, and then I think that was like ten, maybe fifteen chapters. Yes, yeah, I know. It, it was when I got to the point of well, okay, it was really cool to to see David as the leader of the Reckoners. Yes, that was fantastic. That was awesome. Tia dying was absolutely sad. Yeah. Um, Especially because, I mean, Prof killed her, so... Um, But then... I'm trying to remember... um, The... uh, What's his name? 
Nighthawk? Nighthawk. Oh, Nighthawk I cool. love Nighthawk. <laughs> and then do you remember his, his profanity filter on his mobile? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it turns everything to Australian words. What the didgeridoo are you doing? That's great. I just took a koala. <laughs> <laughs> I just took a koala. Yeah. That was fantastic. But uh, one of my favorite parts... Well, okay. It was interesting when we got to the end fight scene where they were like, oh, we got three days. No, we don't have three days. We have uh-huh. now. He's coming now. I looked at like the how much time I had left in the book and I'm like, oh no. Oh no! How are they gonna? How are we gonna finish all this up in this much time? Because I knew they had to finish up this, this uh, the bit with Prof, but I also knew that they had to finish the calamity, calamity. thing. Yeah. And so I was like, "How is this? What?" Yeah. And I, I probably should have suspected at that point that Larsener was calamity because that would make the most sense. That, like, that's that's how it made sense to me at the end that we could have a, a good. Um, resolution with Calamity being a person because we've been with Calamity the whole book, yeah. which made total sense. And I thought it was fantastic that Larsener, the person who can take people's powers supposedly, and who's lazy somehow and doesn't go around taking all people's powers and ruling the world, it makes absolute perfect sense that it would just be the guy who literally has all the powers and so he doesn't even need to like get the powers. He already has them. He's just taking them back. Um or taking that version of them back anyway. Um, but yeah, I think we've, we talked about this last night when, when you first finished it, but the whole thing with prof, not, not it didn't have as much of a resolution as I was hoping it would mm-hmm. in terms of we beat prof. But again, I think the whole regalia thing actually set us up for that actually made sure that we weren't exp- in in theory, that scene should have set us up for the fact that, all right, this is not what the series is about anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not about finding the weakness and checkmating the, the, the epic. It's about saving um, humanity. And it's about, you know, figuring out how to make epics good again. And that being the theme of that entire book makes it work better. Um, Obviously, you have the space station scene where Calamity slash Larsener is actually in the sp- the you know, you know uh, U.S. space station or whatever, Interna- so cool. the International Space Station. Sorry, every other country. <laughs> um, that's involves another fantastic action set piece. I think the entire series just does so well with scenes that you want to see in a movie. Yeah. Um, and which is another thing that I think the Percy Jackson series does really well, which is why I want them to be making made into good movies as well. Good movies. Um But yeah, so that that's another plus for the Reckoner series. Um All right, so things yeah, that ahead. we didn't like though. Mm-hmm. Um one this is this is kind of nitpicky, but I noticed it and there was a flaw in, oh, right, in yeah. this book. Um and if you notice this too, kudos to you. But uh, near the end, where where they're fighting Prof, and Megan uh, is creating things from alternate dimensions for um, David, he's like reloading his gun and stuff like that. And while they're fighting Prof, and he has uh, she has the Arteach, which I think it sounds cooler if it's Arritic, but Arteach. See Arteach. Arteach. That sounds so dumb. I'm yeah, sure so there's a reason got... phonetically for why sure, that it's sure. Way. But Arteach. She's got the art teached and she's blocking stuff with it and stuff like that. And then Prof has a bunch of soldiers come in and shoot flames at everybody. 
And so Megan loses all of her powers, and it says that the art teacher, like, vanishes. And, um, oh, I, and I didn't mention this. So he was, like, reloading his gun and stuff like that. But at one point, it says that his gun got completely disintegrated, and Megan made her a new gun. Made him a new gun. And then, so the art teacher disappears, and then, like, the next page, it says that David's gun disintegrates by Prof's tensor blast. And it was just like, but wait, but his gun... Was made it was by made Megan. by Megan, yeah. therefore it should have disappeared along with the Artich. Not necessarily. See, that's and exactly I'm, what I'm, happened. I'm, with well, the I, this is the thing. It's happened with the Artich, but I'm I'm wondering whether or not things that she permanently pulls into a dimension, if it's possible that they can just stay that way. They do, that. but okay. All right, I can see That's that. That's the thing. Maybe, maybe she just maybe way. she just it was a little bit less powerful when she pulled our teach than when she pulled David's gun through. Mm-hmm. She's she she's like did it out of desperation, like pulling his gun through, and permanently did it. Whereas the art teach was just more of a oh I'm gonna use this for now thing. Okay, that makes sense. That would make sense, but again, it, her powers are so confusing. Yes, they are. <laughs> they really are. Um, that's because they're magic. <laughs> yeah. Um. So end game though. Um, the moral of the story, mm-hmm. and I, I will just give it though that the whole thing with him and his dad was fantastic. Oh, I love I that. love that so yep. much. Do you want to teach me how to teach you how to fly? Yeah, that <laughs> was great. That was fantastic. That was that was so great. And okay, I thought that was perfect because of the the faithful the faithful mm-hmm. thing where his dad at the beginning of the series was like, "No, the heroes will come," and he turns out to and be he the turns hero. out yeah. to be the hero in the alternate dimension. It's like, no, you were right, just not in this dimension. <laughs> You're right somewhere. See, everybody's Which right somewhere. Which makes total sense. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, it makes I mean, really no sense at all. But, <laughs> yeah. but okay. the story, I did. Yeah. So, the moral of the story, though, the ending, like, moral of the story was the reason they convinced Calamity to leave is because, hey, you're the reason that people down here are bad, hmm. but people are generally good. So, like, so if you overall, ha- if people you, are good, yeah. and you're the reason that people are bad. Yeah, if you weren't here, then we would have been using these powers for good yeah. instead of evil. Um, you're the one who's forcing everyone to just fulfill their darkest desires, and yeah. And so then once they finally convinced Calamity of that by bringing him to another dimension, and showing him there where, where a dimension where Calamity had left, that people were actually good. You mean evocation? All... What? You mean evocation? That's what they called Calamity in the other dimension. I never noticed that. Really? Hmm. That's strange. But yeah. I like how he was like, Specs! Yeah, <laughs> did guy? you notice that? Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just silly. It's just silly. <laughs> it's like, I wonder where any of those swear words even came yeah. from. Like, well, I'm just then, so And confused. then at the end where he was like, ah, oh, Calamity. And then Megan's like, I think we need to come up with new curse words. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that was the one of the main problems I had with the series as a whole. I was like, well... The moral of the story makes sense for this series. Yeah, it make it. What the thing is, is it was a realistic moral of the story for those characters, yes. not for the story. And obvi- obviously, for well, the we story. can just say in this in that world, you know, that's the way life. Yeah, works. I mean, it you know is I mean? alternate dimensions. Exactly. But but still, it's it's this idea of yeah. Us as Christian artists looking at this, we're like, all right, the moral of the story was that humans are inherently good and it's only yes. because outside forces that make them evil which is totally not the yes. way life works humans are inherently of, evil and it's only because of outside forces that, that we can we be can good. good yes 
which I feel like would have been a great series, and now I want to. Yeah, exactly. I want and to write that, that. Is like the that is the thing is yeah. When you're reading, you know, books, it could be great and stuff like that. But one of the main things that determinate that determinates that gives determines. me the determination that determines me. It still doesn't sound right. I like determination. I don't know what you're trying to say. So that gives me continue. the determination to write ah. a book. Is because I see a problem with something, and I'm mm. like, oh, I want to make this better. Oh, absolutely. That's what I see all the time. I'm like, oh, that movie. I want to make that better. Yeah. <laughs> Let's write a book where that actually is a good movie. Which makes no sense. <laughs> but No, I'll have the characters in the book watch the movie, and uh, it's better. Right. Than the, than my, right. No, I'm right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's that. So, Yeah. <laughs> and okay now that i'm thinking about oh, this is actually something i was thinking about as i was finishing the series was that what i want the 374th cycle to be is really that the the opposite of that is to be like the only way people are good in this universe is because the god who is outside of even the creator is electing them to be good and that's when you get to the end game of, of everything in that universe you realize that it was election that was making everyone good the whole time. The only reason yeah. that people could be good was because the God or whatever, who's outside of the, the cycles was making, was deciding who would be good and who would be bad. And and that's the problem though, is because it's written by a Mormon. So therefore it has mm-hmm. to be supernatural esque and it has to be like a science fiction movie and it's not going to be Christian at all. Yes. <laughs> Cause Mormonism, if you ever want to have a, a good uh, sci-fi plot, just read Mormonism. Cause, and, and if you think I'm exaggerating or being mean, you just need to read the, the uh, summary of their beliefs. It is a science fiction movie. Yeah, it is. It is silly. <laughs> it is the definition of silly. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that you could say about any religion where if you're from the right perspective, right. it would seem silly. The only reason well, I mean, the that Bible anyone... says that exactly. the Bible the only... says that the Bible is foolishness yes, exactly. to those who are the only reason that people think religion is silly or specific belief is silly is because they have a perspective opposite of it. Mm-hmm. If they had been grow- if they've grown up in that perspective their whole lives, it wouldn't seem silly to them. It's like, well, obviously, yeah. this is the way the world is. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, and then the other thing was it, the whole alien thing, Calamity being an alien, yes. was not explained. And I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that because I feel like if it would have been explained, I would have been even angrier. Exactly, yeah. But... It didn't need to be explained. There's no reason Larsoner wouldn't have explained yes, it. Yes, yeah, obviously. And I didn't, I, I'm, I'm not saying it should have been explained. I just don't like it being... Aliens. Aliens. Yes. <laughs> I agree. Um, there was another book that I, I read a couple years ago, and I won't tell you which one because I want you to actually read this book, but... uh. It, it did end up being, oh, aliens. Mm-hmm. And and that had a little bit of where I was like, oh, no, aliens. and But this is the thing. Like, the more I think about it, the more I, I realize that, okay, this is speculative, fic- speculative fiction. Aliens, as an excuse, isn't a bad excuse. Like, if, it, if you can make it make sense, if it makes sense, then there's no reason why saying aliens should be bad it's just that our culture has always assumed that oh aliens are an excuse for so many things that it's just become silly to us but when it's in a series and it's like oh well that no that does make sense okay that's cool but the fact that it is an alien is still still bothers us somehow so yeah i mean that and yeah that wraps up everything we had to say about it i think right probably yeah all right so um if you haven't read the record series and you've listened this far, 
I'm sad now. <laughs> but uh, if you have read the Reckoner series, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to our thoughts about it. Um, please, um, and I want to speak to the people who haven't listened to this episode, but I want you to come back and listen to this episode when you read this series, but obviously you're not listening to me saying this right <laughs> now, so it's kind of pointless. Anyway, this has been the 57th episode. Uh, you know, you can... Oh, what's our hashtag for today? I would say hashtag hash, aliens. I would say hashtag aliens. But that's but, a spoiler. Yeah, but that's yeah. a spoiler. I mean, people probably won't see it as a spoiler. They'll just be like, ah, crazy powers, boys. But, uh, you know, still. Yeah. Um, Space wizards. Hashtag metaphors. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hashtag metaphors. Uh, you can tweet us that at Christ underscore art underscore show on Twitter, at Facebook, at Facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show. You can comment on our website at Christian Artist Show. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Hope you have a great week.